Good evening and welcome to tonight's broadcast. We are talking about another musician that um man, I, I really do I really do think the world of this guy. He's not around anymore. Um and I've been wanting to do a show dedicated to him, but I don't really know. You know, I was just going to read an interview. There's a really great interview that he did shortly before he died. And that would have been good and fine. But I feel like there was a better, there's a better way. There's a better way to do it. And um, so we've actually done something really extra special. <clears throat> Uh, in order to have this discussion with you, why do I feel like I'm turned down? Let's make this just a little bit louder. Check, 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 check. One, two, one, two. That looks a little bit better to me. Hopefully it's not too crazy. I don't think it is. We'll, we'll, we'll stand a little bit back. There we go. Okay. So tonight, um, we are talking, we're, we're delving back into the realm of garage rock, garage punk. We did that very recently with the mummies. And I would say, you know, it's again, it's really hard for me to try and classify how all this stuff fits together because on one hand, the mummy, you know, the mummies, Billy Childish, you have a band that we didn't talk about called the Oblivions, and they kind of figure prominently into the beginnings of tonight's subject. The Gories is another one. Um, this There's a label, this label, Goner Records, down in Memphis, Tennessee. All part of the that garage rock sound, right? And um, tonight's subject is uh, Jay Riotard. And uh, yeah, that's the way I'm choosing to pronounce the name. I'm using the extra A in there <laughs> because in today's age of political correctness, thank you for the skulls. Thank you. Skulls are coming in. Please send us your skulls if you, if you would in the live chat, in the comments. We need your skulls. We want to hang them on our wall. Yeah. So tonight we're talking about Jay Riotard and um He's an incredible, incredible artist, man. I, I mean, I don't even know where, like, I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I don't even know how to begin to kind of talk about this guy and sort of like explore his career and his life. It's, it's so weird because it's vast and deep and yet also kind of a, just a window of time. We're only talking about 15 years, really, truly. Um, this guy, Jay, his real name is uh, James Lee Lindsay. And yeah, I'll just call him Jay. <laughs> just call him Jay. As I'm sure this, uh, I'm sure this video is going to get demonetized. I'm just, I'm positive of it. That's what happens with some of this stuff. So this guy, um, he lived in Memphis and he dropped out of school and he was a musician uh, from a young, young age. And uh, he got involved with this record label called Goner Records. And that was run by this guy. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. He's one of the Oblivions. I'm just going to call him Eric Oblivion. How about that? His, his, his name is Eric Oblivion. And uh, Eric, Jack, and Greg were in this band called Oblivions. Oblivions, great friggin' 
great friggin' uh, band. If you have not listened to them, um, kind of one of the centerpieces of when you know when you think about the great bands of this this uh, '90s garage punk sort of scene. They're one of the they're one of the fulcrums, the centerpieces, if you will. And yeah, so there's this label, there's this label, Goner Records, and Goner, much like a bunch of other labels, some of them on the West Coast, but uh, Goner has a, a whole sort of you know thing. It has its own ecosystem in and of itself. There's there's Goner Fest, which is like a, a festival that's around bands that are either on the Goner label or that are affinity with the Goner label. In any case, Jay was one of those was one of the protégés of the guys in the Oblivions, Greg, particularly Greg uh, Oblivion, who even played drums for Jay on in, in his first band. So Jay takes his, his surname comes from his first band called the Reatards with that extra a in there. And it's something that he started doing when he was 15 years old. Right. I'm just sort of, this is the, the overview, the base, the very beginning overview of, 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 of who he was, his history. So he, he did that and, um, and just became one of the most pro from the age of 15 to 29. When he died, he just became one of the most prolific dudes ever. He released multiple records with the Reatards, And then um, he, 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 he started another band. He's in a lot of bands, basically all at the same time. He had multiple side projects going on. And um, from that band sprang a side project called Lost Sounds, which he formed with some other musicians, um, guy and girl vocals and synth, a lot of synth. And, you know, if I had listened to Lost Sounds, like if I had listened to Lost Sounds, maybe again, like 15, 20 years ago, I would not be into it. It is a, a sound that I think is so ahead of its time. And now today, like I listen to Lost Sounds, I'm just I'm blown away by how incredible they are. They just, they used a lot of synthesizers and there's a lot of screaming. And in a weird kind of way, they were kind of doing like, you know how like you had emo and screamo and stuff. Um, oh, thank you, Biz. Biz says that my hair looks nice this long. Yeah. I'm trying to ride out the wave. I don't know how long I'm going to have my hair for. So <laughs> I'm riding the wave as long as I can. Check out, check out Jay. He is amazing. He's amazing. Biz says I have no earthly idea who that is. Um, in any case, yeah. So he was, you know, it's funny. A few years later, all these bands, you know, the mall kids were getting to like, emo and screamo music with all this insane yelling and you know jay and alicia and this guy rich cook they've made up the lost sounds they were they were doing it they were doing it a few years prior so the lost sounds were around for about five years right and uh they had an acrimonious split alongside that jay had a band called the final solutions final solutions he did a project called bad times with one of the guys with Eric Oblivion from the Oblivions. They they did uh they did one record together. Um there was also another project called the Angry Angles and Terror Vision. 
And basically what happened was at this point, I'm really grazing over the hit, the, the basic history before we, before I, I get into what I want to get into about Jay basically. And what was he making? It's just, it's just generally speaking, it's garage based punk rock. Sometimes it has this crazy, crazy synth stuff. All of the stuff, you know, Jay is writing songs and Jay was a prolific, as I mentioned before, prolific song writer. I mean, this guy wrote hundreds of songs and he released hundreds of songs. Every time something was written, it was, it was out. I think in total, he put out something like 22 during his lifetime, not including after he died during his lifetime, he put out something like 22 records. Uh, he put out dozens and dozens of EPs. And I believe, don't quote me on this, over 100 singles. That's right. Over 100 singles, something like that. I think in total, he's done about 200 something releases in 15 years. Think about that. Think about that for a second. Think about that. What's 15 divided by 200? That's how many releases he was averaging a year. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy to consider. He was burning so by, again, the best way to describe Jay, Jay is that he was burned. He burned brightly with fierce creativity and it just shot him. That's roughly, that is roughly 13 to 14 releases per year for 15 years, averaging it out. Did you just hear what I said? 13 to 14 releases per year. And that's like officially put out. That's not including all of the things that he made available for download. Yes, the better than something documentary is great. And we'll talk about that in a, in a second or two. Um, so, you know, all of these projects that he was doing and side projects and just countless stuff, eventually all of it gave, gave way to Jay just going solo as Jay Reitard. And see, he shared a studio with lost with the members of lost sounds and it was in that studio that he decided to record his solo record his, his debut his masterpiece if you ask me called blood visions blood visions is a i don't know you know i don't know what it meant to jay but to me it has its own meaning that term blood visions i use it as a hashtag it's kind of like a uh it's a it's a banner it's it's empowering to me um, this idea of, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like pinpointing all of your anger and frustration. This is what, this is my own personal interpretation of it. Pinpointing uh, something that I made up as a fan, pinpointing all of my angers and frustrations at, in the world and focusing it into this white hot point of light and pushing as hard as I can to do my best at doing something creative, doing something where I'm afraid that I won't be able to do it. You know what I mean? And that's what blood visions are to me. Um, and, you know, for that reason, you know, Jay has been incredibly influential to me as an artist. The, the sense of urgency that I feel in life comes from Jay and his music. So at this point, the band, um, he records Blood Visions, but it's not the first time. This is a little, this is crazy. I didn't realize this. Jay had actually recorded the entirety of the album and he recorded it by himself. So he did all the vocals, all the bass. Bass was his first instrument. He did all the guitars and he did all the drums. He did all the instrumentation. 
He single-handedly, he produced, engineered, recorded, and wrote Blood Visions. And what happened was he, um, he was, he was, it was stolen. It was stolen from him. The, uh, the session, the, 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 the tracks, he lost them. He earned the, he was, they were taken from him. He had to re-record Blood Visions in its entirety a second time, which he was much more happy with the second time around. Uh, he thinks that he claims in interviews that he did a better job doing it a second time than he did the first time. So basically somewhere out there on a hard drive, I hope it still exists, somewhere out there, there is a completely different version, alternate version of blood visions the original version of 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 this album it's my it's one of my favorite albums i've i've recommended it here on the channel many times before it clocks in at like 27 minutes and it's it's ferocious it's the the energy makes you want to kick a hole into your ceiling um particularly when you get to the song my shadow which again um just being inspired taking from greatness my next narrative film is actually named after my shadow. It's a sort of a weird Frankensteinian, Frankensteinian, Frankensteinian story. Um, and the main character's name is Shadow. And I thought, man, what better, what better name for this than my shadow? So that comes in part from Jay's song. Uh, John Johnny Bob says. Blood Visions was recorded in Atlanta in his apartment. He shared with Alex Brown and the other Angry Angry Angles member. He recorded the drums at the Carbona's rehearsal space. Now I wonder, is that the second time that he re-recorded it? Because there's a, as I just said, there's the first time. And if you don't know who Jay is, you're going to find out. If you just sit back and listen, we're telling you who Jay is. So from there, that's what really exploded him outward. Like that's when he really started to make a name for himself outside of the 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 punk rock underground garage rock circles that he 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 was in. Um, John is saying Johnny Bob is saying I don't think any of that is true. He released Blood Visions demos on Stained Circles in late 06, 07 singles. Right? Yes, I've heard those some of those versions. Never heard any of that. Well, I can tell you, Johnny Bob, listen, I am not a J expert and you might be more, you know, well-versed, but I can tell you this. Jay has claimed in an interview that there, that he, that there is a completely separate version of blood visions straight from Jay himself has said this. There's a completely separate version of blood visions. The whole album was recorded and in the can. And then it was, um, uh, taken from him or he was separated from it and he had to re-record that whole album that is from that is from jay's mouth himself so again i'm not gonna sit here and argue with you because i don't i i'm not an expert here um but i read that in an interview with jay so if you google it if you go google you know jay retard blood vision see what comes up um Maybe you'll you'll come across it. I, I wish I remember the name of the who who or what the the interview was, uh, but yeah, it's it's out there. It's out there if you want to look for it. Um, so that's the thing that really kind of exploded him. And again, this is this is not a detailed history of Jay. This is an overview history. 
and he got a band together. He, the, two guys from the Barbaras. He had uh, Billy and Stephen, Stephen Pope, who's now in Waves. And he just went out and just started touring a storm. Mind you, uh, he played something during his lifetime. He played over a thousand shows over, you know, close to 200 releases. I mean, the guy just never stopped to saw the world. He lived. He really lived in such a short period of time in 15 years. He lived 30, you know? So even though he died young, it's so weird to think that I'm 10 years older than Jay. Like, that's a weird thing to me in, in my mind. I'm not 10. I'm like nine, nine in like now, now, sorry, let me rephrase that. Jay is five years older than me, but I am now 10 years older than he was almost 10 years older than he was when he died. That's what I meant to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Duh. Uh, Turn to stone recommends uh, Seth Sutton, one of Jay's protégés uh, music, including vile nation. You, yes. Useless eaters was put under, was put out under, uh, his record, his record imprint uh, shattered, right? Was Useless Eaters, who also, who also toured with um, Jay under Jay, and his he had a package tour with No Bunny and Hunks and his Punks. It's it's on the thing, yes. Um, and I did, but I didn't know that Jay was in the band briefly. Exit Group Sutton has been prolific over the years. That's awesome. Additionally, um, I have a little present. I don't know if it's it's not really a present. It's just something that I wanted to offer um here for anybody who is either not familiar with jay i mean look you can go listen on spotify you can go buy his records you know support the estate but um i also have a little surprise in the comments of of this video in the description of this video which i will get to in in a in a second or two right yeah it was shattered thank you it was shattered records was it was and that was with he did that one with um Lindsay Brown was her name, right? Wasn't it Lindsay? Yeah, Lindsay Brown. She was his kind of like one of his last collaborators in that kind of way. In any case, Billy and Steven joined Jay and they had this tight power trio. I mean, mighty. The, the words don't even, and Jay basically just taught them the songs. And, you know, that was the thing. He didn't want, the the Alex it was Alex Brown okay I'm sorry my my thank you for correcting me it was Alex Brown who he did shattered records as I said I am not an expert on Jay I am navigating through this myself it is Alex Brown so Jay you know sort of <clears throat> Jay sort of set out on his on his own and he taught these guys the songs and then they just went they they went around the world like i don't know if they literally went around the world but pretty much i mean they went to like australia and europe and south america like they went so many different places um just playing playing this this music you know then jay signed to the first uh in the red records who put out some king kong and king kong and the barbecue show and some other stuff in the red they put out blood visions and then for the second album that jay would do um, well, first, Jay, what Jay did with Matador, Jay got signed to Matador and he put out, I think they put out six or seven singles over the course of the year of either 2007 or no, it was 2008, because there's also a compilation of his singles from 2006 to 2007. 
So Jay put out like, I guess he put out 24-ish singles over the course of two years, something like that. And um, those got compiled into two. There was the Matador singles from 2008, and there was the, just the singles collection, 06 to 07. And then Jay released on Matador, he released Watch Me Fall. And, you know, the the, the album covers, Jay had fantastic sing, uh, solo album covers. The first one, he's just covered in blood in like a diaper. And I, I always took this to me for blood visions. I always took this to kind of mean it was like a rebirth. It was like him being reborn. I think it's kind of an on the nose metaphor. I don't think it's too deep. Um, that's what I always gleaned when I saw that cover. It's such a great cover. He's just got blood coming down from his mouth all the way through his belly. And he's wearing this weird like loincloth diaper. And there's just no, there's doesn't say his name or anything. It's just Jay. Um, I really need, I hope they do a repressing sometime in the future, some sort of, you know, uh, remaster repressing. Cause I really need to own that on vinyl. I do not have it on vinyl yet. And then for watch me fall, it's really cool that, um, Oh, I'm so jealous of Kevin. Kevin, I'm so, so jealous. Uh, fuck. So I love the Pixies. Another one of my friggin' all-time favorite bands with the Misfits, with the Stooges, with Sublime, with the Beatles. It's the Pixies. And the Pixies had Jay on their Doolittle tour. And that was when I was just not around. And I totally... 150% missed it. I couldn't believe. Could you imagine seeing Jay open for the Pixies? I love that the Pixies had him on the bill. You know, the Pixies knew really knew what was up because they also had Fiddler on. The, that's how I discovered Fiddler was seeing them open for the Pixies. Um, Fiddler also does a really, really great uh, cover of Nightmares in a very Jay sort of way. It's like a bedroom recording of Nightmares. It's really great. Check it out. It's online. What's going on? Hi. Hi, Jody Ramon. How are you? Um, that's really cool that you saw him on tour with the Pixies. I mean, the dude did everything. The dude got to do everything in such a short period of time. It's so awesome. Uh, what was I talking about uh, for this? So his second record cover was him emulating Jack Nicholson in the Sh Stanley Kubrick's The Shining with him holding his jacket. It's a it's just a great image. It's a great image of, of Jay and it's uh, aptly titled watch me fall. And you know, the difference between the two solo records, J Jay, you can hear it sonically. He is starting to branch out a lot more. Uh, he started using an acoustic guitar. He's doing weird things with an acoustic guitar on stage, but the show never stopped being fast. Cause that's the thing about Jay. When you see, when you watch videos of him on YouTube and I'm really sorry to say you know, he was always on my radar. I always had heard that name, Jay Riotard. It was always around. And I just was, I was just not into garage punk at that time. Or I was more obsessed with the Stooges and the Pixies and the Misfits. I just wasn't thinking about that. I was listening to the Dictators. I was listening to MC5. I was into, I was just into a lot of different stuff. I was really into death rock. I was really into Christian death. I was just into all this stuff. I just, that was not, that just had not hit me yet. In fact, my first discovery of all that stuff was really through Nobunny on MySpace. I came across Nobunny doing Chuck Berry Holiday on Chickagogo or whatever, that video, and from 2005. And that turned me on to Love Visions. 
which was one of Jay's favorite records of the year 2008. He had No Bunny come on tour. And we're going to do, at some point, I'm going to do a No Bunny video. I have to talk about No Bunny. It's a very tender subject for me with everything that happened. And it was very upsetting. And I did know Justin to an extent, you know, um, as well as as well as you can know someone every time they pass through town and you go to see their shows. Um, I had interviewed him, whatever. That's I, I digress. I digress. Uh, but we'll get there someday. Uh, so the second record is again, as I was saying, Jay plays at a breakneck speed, and the first record really encompasses that. The second record is a little bit more mellow. It's a little bit more eclectic. It's described by critics as a little bit more melodic. I don't know if it's a little bit more melodic. I think it's just, I think the first record is just as melodic in its own kind of way. I would just say there's, there's less of an edge sonically. There's less of an edge on watch me fall than there is blood visions. Blood visions is it's just raw power, man. It's just punch you in the face, raw power and watch me fall. Yeah. It's more, I don't know. It's more delicate. Um, and the lyrics are really dark and grim. It's the perfect juxtaposition of happy, happier. Um, I don't know, bright, bright sort of instrumentation. And when I say bright, I mean like, cheery sounding upbeat upbeats the word i'm looking for a lot of upbeat musicality with really dark grim lyrics with an album title like watch me fall and songs like it ain't gonna save me which he did a, a an incredible video for it's an awesome music video and and then jay died man he died he died in january of 2010 uh, a few months before his 30th birthday. Um, super sad. I remember when he died. I remember hearing that. I remember just kind of shrugging my shoulders, being like, oh, that sucks. But like, I don't even know much about him. And then literally four years later, I just got hit in the face. I was punched in the face with this, this album, Blood Visions. It just... It got recommended to me. Uh, it was recommended to me on Spotify based on the music I was listening to. And I just, I probably listened to Blood Visions. I've listened to it hundreds of times. And I just, I get, I get goosebumps. I get pins and needles when I hear my shadow. It just does something to me. Um, like I said, I feel that that idea of that, this concept that I've just sort of developed in my mind about what blood visions means to me, what the music of my shadow, like when it just gets in my head and I just, ugh, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, can I do a video talking about bucket head? I, you know, Jody, I probably won't, man. Like, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm, I have no interest in bucket head. I don't even know what, I mean, I, I like to talk about stuff that's interesting. I just, he doesn't interest me. I don't know what to say about. He's got a Kentucky here. I'm doing it right now. He's got a Kentucky Fried Bucket on his head. Plays guitar. He was in Guns and Roses first thing. I don't know anything about him, man. Uh, it's hard enough to do these shows when you know little or you like. I know a lot about Jay, but it's hard to, for me to like weave his history into a show. It can get sticky, and you know what else is sticky? Riot stickers. That's right. 
Ryan Stickers is the official channel of the, the official channel, the official sponsor of the From His Channel. You can get a thousand stickers for $79 right here at the link down below. Uh, go to riotstickers.com backslash from us and you get a thousand stickers for $79. These stickers are printed on vinyl, which makes them waterproof. They have a UV coating, which protects them from sun damage. And they are run by an independent punk rock minded business CEO, Sharpie Riot himself. So let's play the lesson Jake theme song and we will be right back with more JJ. That's what I used. So I used to play Jay for my son, my three-year-old son. He was three at the time. I didn't want him saying Jay Riotard, so we call him JJ. <laughs> And we are back. We are talking all things Jay Riotard tonight here on the Frumis channel. And I want to tell you what I have lined up for you. So we are going to be exploring um, some archival, archival Jay stuff. And um, yes, eventually Crazy White Boy, we are absolutely going to look at the Pixies. I promise you. And I would love to do something on the Grateful Dead. And I know just the person to join me. Uh, Turn to Stone says, Jay was a big fan of the adverse, adverts, great band, who Jay did tour with, right? He did, or he toured with TV Smith. Um, and yes, We Who Wait is an advert song. Now, what's interesting is, he says, which was probably an influence on him keeping a faster tempo in spite of the tonal shift on Watch Me Fall. Now, what's interesting, too, is, you can hear, you know, despite, you know, Jay's claimed in interviews, he's like, oh, I don't really listen to too much music when I'm trying to, you know, compose. I, he wants to compose in a vacuum. Like, I, you know, whether that's true or not, you, you know, he's he's been quoted in interviews as saying, Jay has, saying that, like, it's really cool when, you know, it's true, the parabolic, sort of parabolic thinking where two or parallel thinking where two different people can come up with something that's roughly the same idea or a similar idea. Uh, in the case of the adverts, there is a lot, there is a lot besides we who wait, just, just as, as turn to stone is saying, you can hear a lot of advert DNA in blood visions. You totally 150%. Um, so going back to what I was saying about that, that present that, well, let's, I guess we'll wait until we have the thing. We're going to start with this piece um, in talking about Jay. This is, this is, this is people, uh, people remembering. This is some remembrance of Jay. This is from 
the fan page uh, run by his estate. And this is something that was written. Uh, an article that's this is from an, uh, a New Music Express blog. Um, Canadian Punk's Pup share a tribute. Uh, my Shadow. This is no longer available. So, and that's all. Th that's what I've noticed about a lot of stuff with Jay, who you know came to prominence in the aughts when the internet was you know still kind of young and. It's just kind of scary to think about how much stuff like thank God for stuff like the things like the Wayback Machine. It's scary to think how much stuff goes away, you know, or disappears off the Internet. Um, it's one thing I kind of like about doing some of these videos is that it is kind of like archiving and consolidating a bunch of things together at the same time. This is what was said. Jay's name was one that we saw on posters and handbills around Toronto. He'd always be playing a place like the Silver Dollar, um, which also was a place that no bunny would play. One of our favorite clubs in the city at one particular show, a friend's band was opening. So we went out to support and also get to hear Jay for the first time. There was a raw, visceral energy to his music that is lacking in a lot of contemporary rock music. It's almost like he knew he didn't have a lot of time to waste. And that seems to be an overwhelming theme in Jay's story. And it's documented in the documentary Better Than Something, which used to be called, um, it was something different, something else, something. It was something else, something. It was, it was changed to Better Than Something, but it used to be like When We Were Something. Uh, and it was a 20 minute piece that was supposed to just be a, a, a short little EPK for the release of uh, watch me fall. And it just expanded. And all of that material ended up when Jay died, those filmmakers, they turned it into a documentary. So we got a documentary out of it. I mean, God, I mean, the guy even had a documentary before he, before he passed away. I mean, the guy just did get so much stuff going on. There was a raw visceral energy to his music that is lacking in a lot of contemporary rock music. It's almost like he knew he didn't have a lot of time to waste. There's a sense of desperation that permeates his music and makes it sound like he knew that he was going to die and that he was going to die soon. And you want to know something? It's so easy to speak so dramatically like that, but it's true. It's fucking true. You can hear it every time you see him on stage. The, the when you see hear him in interviews, the way he's quoted, it's like he knew he was thinking about death. Death is forming. 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 Forming death. Forming death. Forming death. Forming death. This idea of like death is coming. I have only this limited amount of time. I have to get this as out of me as fast as I can with such urgency. Um, and there's like, there are moments when he plays live and I get, I get, I get choked up. I get choked up. I get, I get teary eyed just watching him play. Cause I'm just thinking in my head, like, fuck, it's like, he's like surfing on the music. Like he knows, he knows that when he stops running, he's going to just fucking die inside. He just had this deep, it's like a deep intelligence. It's not a, mental intelligence it's not a mind intelligence it's like a spiritual intelligence like he just knows i probably sound so goofy talking about this stuff but like oh it's just the way they the way they put it in this writing it's just so it's just so true there's a sense of desperation that permeates his music 
was desperate to get it out and makes it sound like he knew he was going to die. And maybe it's because as someone, you know, every year I get older, I'm not going to lie. I, this is going to get a little personal. You know, I think about death. I do. I think about death from time to time. And I'm, when I think about death, I'm almost paralyzed and shocked by the notion that this is going to happen to me, that it happens to everyone, that it is a part of our existence. That's part. Remember I was telling you, I wrote that screenplay, my shadow named after that song. And it, it deals with that concept of dealing with death or acknowledging that death is forming and that we have to accept it and just get out as much as we can get out before we die. And, um, and so when I look at Jay, who was just taken so soon, so early, it just, it makes everything I see him do have such a deeper impact. Every word that he says, every word that he sings, every time I see him in a YouTube video playing his guitar, all of it is impacted by that notion. I mean, it's just, it, it really is something else. He had been a part of a movement of bands that kind of turned their back on this overproduced decadent rock music, like most punk rock, right? Pushing lush and bloated songs to the side while pushing passionate performance and concise, strong, concise songwriting to the foreground. Hell yeah. Much like the artists in punk's first wave. He was definitely one of the driving forces behind the garage rock, lo-fi fuzz thing going on right now. Guys like Ty Siegel, Michael Cronin, and bands like the OCs. We talked about the OCs previously. Billy Childish is like, I guess when you think about like the, probably the name at the top of the heap. And I'm not, I don't think he's the best one, but the name at the top of the heap at the center is this guy, Billy Childish and all his bands, the Mighty Caesars, the Milkshakes. We talked about him in the in the the Mummies episode. Um, just all and that that Jay was a part. He was just ingrained in all this. So yeah, I'd say the OCs are another one of those. And they had a split with Jay. They did a a, a split a split thing uh, that have the the same attention to craft, but aren't afraid to bury it in fuzz and let the live show run off the rails a little bit. And that's, was that not the mummies? And we heard in our mummies episode about how the mummies would record their music, how they would add a whole layer of reverb by playing back the tracks and then putting a mic at the long, long end of a hallway and re-recording everything with the reverb of the echo of the hallway. Just totally cool stuff. It's a shame that the terminal boredom message board is gone. Jay posted a lot of stuff on there. Yes, that's that's what I'm referring to. Is that like the 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 you know people that were alive and are no longer here? Their digital footprint is slowly evaporating, and it's just really it's upsetting, man. It's friggin' upsetting. Turn to stone agrees. Yes, it's a sense of ur urgency. Yes, it's an inevitability. Memento more. Exactly. Exactly. And Jay understood that. He understood that so well. Um, you know what's funny, too? There's so many musicians that die young. We were just talking about Bradley Noel on the channel. You look at John Lennon. All these guys, they get turned into like martyrs. 
And Jay doesn't feel like that to me. He doesn't feel like this, like martyr. He's not a part of the, he's not like a cliche part of the 27 club. He just, he seems, he seems wiser than all of them. Smarter somehow. Like he just knew his days were numbered and he didn't, like, obviously, he didn't know his days were numbered because he was making plans for the future. You know, like, he, he didn't know, but he just, he just didn't, you know, he, he, he acted like it. He acted like he knew and just made as much shit as he possibly could. Um, what we find most influential about Jay's music is the craftsmanship, the craftsmanship. His songs have concise structures and interesting hooks that just happen to be buried under layers and layers of fuzz and distortion. It feels, and it feels more organic as a result, right? Yes, exactly. Throat ripper. It feels more organic as a result. You add the layers of fuzz and it becomes this living, breathing thing. It doesn't feel like this, this, I don't know. It's not a, it's not a formula. It's, it's a living, breathing thing. We are meticulous in our writing process so that we can throw it all away and be totally unhinged on stage. His music has inspired us because it seems to work in a similar way. Outside of that, it's the vis visceral push that comes from songs that just make you lose your mind. That's how I feel. That's how I feel when I listen to it. I lose my mind. We want to write songs that are real and raw and make people give a shit. Jay was good at that. We found out about his death in 2010, the same way pretty much everyone else gets their news these days through the blogosphere. It was sad because it felt like he had really hit on something that people were craving. You never want to see someone so talented go so early, but in a weird way, he had fulfilled that romantic idea of rock and roll that people still like to believe, no matter how increasingly delusional it may be. When it came to covering one of his songs, it was a toss up between Turning Blue and My Shadow. Both are great songs, but we seem to connect better as a band to My Shadow. It's wicked fun to play. Uh, might we play it live on our first U UK tour next month? Fuck yeah. So, you know, that has disappeared. That's not on NME blogs anymore. New Music Express blogs. It's gone. It's the only reason why I can read those words to you right now is because of Facebook. And now they're in this YouTube video, which I'm very happy about. So, so that is, that's that. And then the next thing I want to do. So, so directly. So now I want to take a look. We're going to shift gears for a minute. We've talked a little bit about Jay's career and, you know, not really all of the ins and outs. I don't know all the ins and outs, but it's interesting to see how his, the last, the last, you know, days, the last months of his life kind of play out as they are somewhat documented on the internet through blog posts and twit, tw uh, Twitter messages. Um, and Jay, in 2009 and this was at the height you know this was a thing i totally forgot about this so at the height of file sharing after sorry correction it was not the height of file sharing after the napster heights of file sharing had died down those of you who remember those of you who were there like myself 
after LimeWire and Napster kind of gone by the wayside, there was this incredible thing that was happening online. All of these blogs via Google blog or whatever started to pop up and people were taking tapes and demos and seven inches that they would find at record shops and they started to digitize them. They were digitizing them and writing, you know, all sorts of band histories down. This is the fizzle faps from, you know, uh, Wisconsin and Madison, Wisconsin. And they were around from 1991 to 1993. And they have a demo and a few singles. And then they broke up because this happened and this happened. And here's two like, like super low res pixel pixelated photo JPEGs of them. And it's like the only like existence, digital existence that this band even existed. And suddenly because the internet kind of connects all of us across the world, these bands that had only ever been either local or known by one or five or 10 people in somebody's basement, all of a sudden this stuff is put on the internet and everybody, somebody in France or Japan can find this blog. If they're searching, if if there's the right SEO, they can find the right keywords for garage rock or punk rock or whatever it is, sixties, you know, fuzz. And they find, you know, all these different blog circles and, and you add stuff like media fire and you add stuff like mega upload. Remember mega upload. And you could download tons of free music that was, not for sale. Like you weren't, it wasn't really taking money. You weren't stealing out of anybody's pocket in the sense that the music that was being offered was music that was not like not available. You know, Um, you just could not, you could not find, you could not find um, this stuff anywhere. You could not find it available in a store. The only way to get it was to download it and it was being offered for free and people would leave comments on these blog posts. And those comments would usually have some obscure story about the band, you know, like whatever the band was like, you know, like, Oh, I saw them play at, you know, friggin' uh, auto bar in Baltimore and blah, 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 you know what I mean? Or it would, it would be a member of the band it'd be a member of the band posting anonymously trying to correct some information. I mean, those were good times, man. That was an interesting time of musical discovery. In any case, everybody had a blog in addition to MySpace. and MySpace, as we know, MySpace was bulldozed, you know, biz, you're right. They weren't all, they weren't all martyrs. Martyrs is not the right word. It's not that they were martyrs. It's that people kind of martyred them. People would martyr them. That's what I mean. Like they became martyrized, martyrized, if that's a word, they became martyrized by, by fans. They became like canonized as saints, you know? And I feel like Jay kind of avoided all of that in his death. So um, the reason why I talked about that blog stuff is because Jay had one. Jay um, very Jay seemed very in touch with technology. I mean, he was on Twitter. He was on Twitter at the dawn of Twitter. He had a MySpace, which you can't get anymore. MySpace is gone, but he had a Twitter 
And I'm sure, I don't know if he had a Facebook at the time, but I'm sure that if he was alive today, he'd be on Facebook, he'd be on Instagram, he'd be on all the all that stuff. He most certainly would have been on stayed on Twitter because he he seemed to really enjoy Twitter. Um, <clears throat> but he had a blog and it was just called it was just here's his blog. This is it. Um, and as you can see, look, file not found. See that? How sad is that? This is what happens. So this is the beginning of Jay's Jay's blog, and we're going to kind of look through it a little bit um, to hear his thoughts. This is what he says, and this is from August 31st, 2007. This is the height. This is at the height of MySpace and at the height of these music blogs that have popped up. He says, so everyone has one now, a fucking blog. I don't have much to say, but I think it'll just be a good way to maybe put up and share some music of mine that you would never hear otherwise. So I'm going to start with the first Reotards tape featuring Greg Oblivion on two-piece drum kit. I hadn't heard this thing in years, and my good friend Tom from Final Solutions digitized it for me the other day. So everyone can thank Tom. I'll be adding a new song every day this week, so check back in. And so there it is. And down in the comments of this, this is the gift. It's the gift. It's not my gift. It's Jay's gift. The music has remained available for download free on Jay's blog. And I went through his entire blog and I pulled every track that still had a download link and I put it into a Google Drive folder. It's down here in the comments. Click on it and you can download just treasure. So much treasure demos i don't even know if any of the stuff was a fit how much of the stuff officially has been released this might be the only place that it exists and now it's available on this google drive link um re rehearsal rehearsal tapes demos live tracks and the this um this record this the first the first tape from his first band with uh greg oblivion on two-piece drum kit uh, it's, I don't know how many tracks it is. It's a lot. It's like, it's gotta be like 50 tracks, 40 tracks, maybe 40 tracks, maybe 30, 30, 40 tracks, something like that. Uh, available for download. Let's check it out. Blogspot was one of those websites. Yeah, man. Blogspot is exactly, that's what I'm referring to. And then you have comments. See, this is what I'm talking about. Comments underneath. And then what I have done here actually is I have gone through all of his blog posts. He didn't have, remember he died two years into this blog. So there's not a ton of stuff. So I, I cherry picked a few things that I just wanted to touch on uh, as they relate to Jay's history as a solo artist before, uh, before he died. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through it. So this is touring. Touring is never boring. So been back from our Midwest jaunt for about a day. Well, let's see what you, this is from, this is 88 comments on it. And this is from September 14th, 2007. So, so been back from our Midwest jaunt for about a day. Things went better than I thought they would on this trip, considering some of the cities we played were a bit out of the way, quote unquote, for a lot of touring bands these days. Columbus was pretty good. Could have been better, but oh well. First night is always rust rusty. Conspiracy Fest in Cleveland was really fun. Smallish crowd went apeshit, bashing each other and my face in the excitement. Thank you, kids, for great punk rock show. Holy shit was great as well. And that's the thing about Jay as well. If you look at some of those early videos when he's playing in Terror Visions or Reotards or whatever, I mean, the, 
you know, he's a madman wrapping the guitar, wrapping a microphone cord around his neck. Uh, Jay also had a, a, he disliked disco balls, I guess. And he would always try and knock them down whenever he had a chance to. Um, He says Alfred University was about 60 kids that had just seen Rushmore for the first time, freaking out barefoot. These dudes went to some quote unquote college party, bought weed and drank their these dudes went to some college party, bought weed, drank their asses off. I watched Discovery Channel. Ask me anything you want about Africans. In D.C., we opened for the Meat Puppets. They weren't so good, but they were swell guys. Was walking backstage to use the bathroom, and Ian Mackay was drinking a beer talking about lawyers. Was kind of a weird moment. That is weird. Of all people to see drinking a beer, to see Ian Mackay Ian McKay at a Meat Puppets Jay Riotard show. Interesting. Uh, in Lexington, the dam, the dame, sorry, in Lexington, the dame was lame, lost a bag with about $300 worth of shit in it, uh, played to about 10 people. Knoxville was a great show. Thanks to the locals, the cheat there was a good crowd of at least 100 folks on a fucking Tuesday. Some jerk wanted to fight us for playing a 30-minute set, which he claims is a ripoff. I got news for him. Our set was 15 minutes. Hey, that's still 12 songs. I still owe him a punch in the head. Okay, well, back to sleep. A new song is coming ASAP. Because that's what Jay would do, as I would learn from this blog. He would record stuff. He was constantly recording, constantly for every release that he put out. There's got to be, I don't know what the archive is like of Jay stuff now, there's got to be hundreds of stuff, hundreds of, of tracks that have just not come out yet. I mean, or that are floating around. Some of it's probably floating around like the stuff here. Um, in any case, uh, who knows? As I said, there's so many videos that have been embedded in this blog that are no longer working. Like one day the, the tracks are going to come off the server, but they have been preserved in the Google Drive link, at least, you know, for now. I love that he says that the set was 15 minutes and that they extended it to a 30 minute set, but that's like the, that's the magic of Jay and especially like what he's like the perfect opener too. like, maybe you don't want to see him headlining. Cause he's only going to play 30 minutes of, of music music, but it's like at the same time, it's like, it's going to, it's going to be an assault. Like I kind of like that. It's only 30 minutes or in, or as he said, even shorter, 15 minutes. That's like the perfect opener to charge you up and then leave you wanting more. Leave you, <laughs> leave you wanting more. All right. Uh, lottery. Let me see. Let me see if there are any interesting comments. Just a lot of random sporadic comments here, but is that, let's see if there's any like actual, like paragraphic stories. I don't see anything. Nope. Older. Let's see what happens when I do older comments. It's going to show me more. Yeah, there's even more. My goodness. Uh, if you play anything less than 27 minutes, that's right. 27 minutes, I'll kick your ass. Up oh, here we go. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming to Columbus. Some photos for you here. So here's a blog spot. Let's see. Is it still live? It is. Oh, all the photos are gone. Broken links. That's still really cool, though. Wow. The blog post is still up. Oh, no. There they are. Oh, sweet. So check this out. Look. Here's a great example. Lentil Nightmare, Jimmy Button's blog spot. There's just millions of these blogs 
some of them would have photos like this and some of them would have incredible, um, incredible, incredible, incredible uh, pieces of music. So there you go. Look, you can download. This is from Flickr. This is a Flickr account. So that's why the links are broken because they don't embed anymore. Just you just get random photos. Isn't that cool? There's Jay. Long exposures. I love that man. I, I really do. That's really that's really something special. Um truly let's get this back for a second. <clears throat> here we go. What else we got here? See, we we lucky enough to get any other links. I don't know. I should have had this all set up instead of searching. I just didn't think to look at the uh, the thing, the thing of my thing here. Okay, so here's the thing: the never-ending tour. So at home, so this is from March twentieth, two thousand eight. So as you can see, there's not a ton of blog posts. They 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 kind of they fly they fly furiously, fast and furious. The never-ending tour. So at home for a few days. OZ was fantastic. I, th I guess he's he went down. They went down to Australia. Yeah. So we flew straight from Melbourne to South by Southwest. Had one day. Had one day off and then started out uh, a schedule of seven shows in three days. My goodness. Met tons of new friends and got to see tons of old ones. So they did seven Australian shows in three days. Thanks to all came out and supported our crappy little band. We have to leave for the West coast in five days and I can't wait. And that's it, man. I mean, he, he just like from one thing to the next thing, right? All right. Here's a big one. So this is kind of like, this is, this is like, le this is like yet legendary, I guess this is like a legendary uh, Jay story. And here's Jay's side of it. I never knew that I, I never knew that he had written something about his side. I don't, I'd seen the footage on YouTube and stuff, but, and I'd heard and read about it in comments and forums and things, but I never knew that Jay had written about it. So this is what Jay says. Let's start with this. Basically Jay ended up getting into it. Jay, you know, there's a rough acerbic side to Jay <clears throat> who could be aggressive and confrontational and uh, I guess even violent would be the way to describe it. Aggressive. Um, we talked about how they like to smash uh, disco balls and in, something went down in Toronto at the silver dollar, which we mentioned before. This is what Jay has to say about it. And then we'll go to the actual footage of when Jay punched someone in the face. Last night's show in Toronto, he says, dear Toronto, last night's show in Toronto got completely fucked up. The silver dollar holds 190 people, but Craig Lasky, the promoter, let 350 people in there. That's cool if there's some sort of security or crowd control. We don't need people getting so wild that they jump on stage and smash our gear. But that's exactly what happened. Right when we started playing, someone pushed the monitors right on top of Steven and onto his pedals, breaking them. People were throwing beer bottles at us. Uh, someone jumped on stage and smashed my pedals. Another guy took a full pitcher of beer and dumped it all over the rest of my pedals and then threw it right at my flying V, breaking the pickup and the input electronics. 
After three songs, all of our gear was smashed and unusable. Even when shit gets crazy at the CJ shows, I have to say CJ because I've been, I've gotten in trouble with YouTube before for using the name of Keith Morris and Greg Henson's band. Even when shit's get, get even when shit gets crazy at the CJ shows, uh, there's at least someone doing security. But when I asked Craig Lasky about it before the show, he told me, I thought you guys were a garage band. When we couldn't play anymore, I hung out and talked to people, refunded people's money out of my own pocket, and tried to borrow gear to finish the set a bit later. But Dan Burke wouldn't get off the stage. Too busy talking trash about me. I'm getting really sick of shit like this happening. We'll come back into Toronto soon and do a free show to make up for it for, to the real fans in Toronto. And we'll steer away from greedy promoters who don't have any control of their shows and who don't care about doing right by the audience. I mean, and then you have 61 comments from that. Uh, man, this is ridiculous. I mean, if someone broke my gear, I would just politely ask them to pay for it. By the looks of that kid, he probably got punched in the face a couple of times in his life. Stop whining. This is what someone, this is someone's response. I mean, if I paid a cover to see three songs set by uh, Jay, it would be worth it. This guy writes some of the greatest songs. I mean, take this blog. Most of these songs are throwaways, meaning all the songs that he uploads on here. You got to be joking. They're, they're pure brilliance. Imagine if message boards were around when Gigi were alive. When did punk become ridden with whiny little, I'm not going to say that word, F-A-G-S. You can't even spell and refer to people that frustrate your views as F-A-G-S. Can you even define brilliant? Okay, so that's from someone who is anonymous. Now, mind you, let's take a look at this. They're all saying like, oh, man, I thought you were garage band. I thought you were punk rock. But like, think about everything that he just said. And we'll see the footage in a second. We'll see the footage in a second. You could be the judge yourself. I, you know, I think that there may be, it's funny. It's like, if you fuck, it's, it always seemed like if you fuck with Jay's stuff or you fuck with Jay's, Jay's domain, he's going to lash out at you. He's going to, he's going to get retribution. You know, here's someone else anonymous, all anonymous haters. You dork. It's punk rock. If you're going to play music like that, expect mayhem. So what if your shit got fucked up? Well, guess what? So did the guy's face. I mean, like, I'm not saying that violence is justified at all, but like, if you break some, if, if someone's touring and like their livelihood is playing music and they need to play a show in the city in the next week, like, yeah, it's punk rock, but it's also like, it's also like, we need to like keep ourselves intact so we can get from one town to the next town to the next town. If you break our shit, that's going to fuck us up and we're going to fuck you up as a result. Like, I don't, I, I don't see it that way as, it's punk rock. What a that's kind of what a stupid response. And I think Jay Jay's post perfectly and concisely explains the motivations behind what happened. A truly unfortunate series of events. Better luck the on the rest of your tour. Video of the shenanigans. So we got some video from another blog post. Um wow. Oh my god. And then there's a whole all right, we got a we got a detour here. So it looks like wait a minute. Is this that's the cake shop? That's oh, so this is another video. We got another video of this. Wow. All right. 
so check this out check this out all right let's let's make sure that this is shared with the audio so we can actually play it yep that's good okay so this is what this is from the pov of the person who just shared that i don't care if they're from memphis that's pussy shit J J refund. That's what they say in this J refund punches kid. Dan Burke ensues at silver dollar. Ignoring the simple fact that it's unacceptable to write a review about a show. I didn't attend. I feel our readers wouldn't mind knowing about a rock and roll shit show that may wind up a contender on the next update of the hundred most shocking moments in rock and roll. I think that's a little overblown here. Last Thursday, Jay Riotard played in Toronto, which we gave away a pair, pair of tickets for. The show was at the Silver Dollar. The venue was run by the notorious local crackhead, Dan Burke. What ended up going down is now captured on five minutes of YouTube footage and posted and a post on Jay's blog berating the, pro the promoter at the venue uh, while apologizing to the quote-unquote real fans. Now, ho hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's 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 pause here. The promoter let 350 people into let 350 people into a, a carrying capacity of 190. Where on earth is that? Like, is that punk rock? Uh, to you know, and every one of those people probably paid to get in. I mean, to be to be double the capacity just about, I mean, that's super dangerous. And you're, you don't have security to protect the band and shit like this happens. Like what the person responsible is not Jay. I don't, he says, moral, moral of the story, all of our contests lead to rock and roll history. Every single one of them. I think this is, I think this is such a, this is ridiculous. Uh, Anonymous said that was a mean right and a cowardly one too. Bullshit. Dan Burke appears to be extremely rude and aggressive. The classic pre-contact punch picture. Ooh, a picture. Let's see if we can get this up on the screen, too. Oh, here's a whole thing about Dan Burke. All right, we're not going to do that. That's too much. Dan Burke is a local fixture in Toronto, though. Just so we know. Before we play the video of Jay punching someone in the face, let me just check this photo out. Nope. That's dead. See, this is why you need to capture everything because it's all goes goodbye. It all goes goodbye. That's okay, Aaron. We're learning all about Jay. Hi, Wizbang. How you doing? Uh, did I catch any of the shows? If you're referring to Danzig, no, I did not. I heard they were great. Nev the Punk says, no way. Someone in modern days talking about Jay. I love Jay so much. We're keeping Jay's memory alive. Um, Let's see what else people say. Anonymous, another anonymous person said, people should never pay and always bum rush through the doors at Jay Riotard shows, then throw bricks and used needles at this dude. This guy's career will totally nosedive if clubs and promoters start associating him with people who will show up, not pay, rush security, and throw heavy pointing. I can't get over how many people are not on Jay's side. Like, why, like, why on earth, is, why is Jay the bad guy for retaliating if someone destroyed his gear? He's on tour. The dude's on tour. All right, let's watch this video. Here, well, uh, can we? Okay, that's a better way to do it. 
All right. So this is the Dan Burks. This is from 15 years ago. Look at all the comments here, too. It just goes on and on and on. All right. Let's watch this. Oh, hold on. It's better to watch. We haven't seen the actual incident. So here's the incident. Okay. This is the incident. It starts off when they're playing the song, My Shadow. Okay. Here we go. Look, there's someone on stage. Trying to keep it together. That's it. Look, he rips his shirt. See that? Look at that shit. Look at this shit. Guy gets up on stage. Dude's just trying to perform a show. Look at this. He's got his pedals out. He's trying to do his show. It's it's. He's having a rough night about it. Look at this drunk idiot getting up on the stage. He rips the rips the back of his shirt off. And Jay's the Jay's the bad guy here. Like I'm not like I know that Jay has done some unconscionable things. I know Jay could be an asshole, and it's documented and whatnot. But in this particular case, I this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous that he got blamed. Trying to fix it. That's it going. Keep the show going. Actually, pretty good footage. This captures the whole incident, right?
he's trying to tune his guitar. Look, someone look. See that? That's the that's the beer pitcher he was talking about right there. See that? The beer pitcher gets thrown. Look. That's the beer pitcher in his hand right there. Without the beer, where's the beer? Probably on the floor. Like, where's the secure? Like, where's anybody interfering? Like, the dude's trying to put on a show. So it looks like some time has passed. It looks like the video was paused and then now it's the crowd. He's packing up. He's packing up and he's going home. And people are pissed. Why should he put up with this? Why would anybody put up with that? He's like, I'm out. Guy's a dickhead. It's rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll. If your club got destroyed, would it still be rock and roll? So, so that's just check it out. So that's one angle, right? Um, that's the cake shop. This is here's another angle of the same thing. It's the Dan Did you hear what he's saying? And he says, I don't care if they're from Memphis. Dan Burke trying to incite a riot after uh, Jay leaves the stage. Craig Lasky tries to wrestle the mic out of his hand. Memphis, 
fast fucking pussy shit. Jay motherfucking refund, I wouldn't pay the motherfucker. Right? I'd give the people my money back. Not cool. I'm rock star in this shit. Fuck this. CBC gangbang. CBC fucking gangbang. Where are ya? Guys, let's take the D-bag. Well, we need you. We're on the seats by the cops already. For the fucking Alamo. I agree. They, they, they got us the comfort zone. They got us fucking surrounded. All right? They got our money. But we're still here, right? <laughs> Are you with us? Are you fucking with us? Yeah. Fuck you, Trey. No, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What a what a crazy here. night! And it's how it always works. I'm glad to hear this guy got smashed by a lust ball. He deserves it. Well, that's the aftermath of what we saw when they get off, right? Or chanting Dan Burke. More like Dan Jerk. More like Dan Jerk. Okay. Look, there's our video that we're literally streaming live right now. Ha 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 ha. Okay. So then there's that one, right? And then here, there's another. Okay. So here is another. This is another POV. Ready for this? We got one more. I got one more for you. This is the same. This is from Facebook. I found this on Facebook, you guys. Different. They ripped it off. Look at that. Look at that. Just give him fucking not. I mean, he just he just rocked this dude in the face, man. Look at this. Guy, guy climbs right on his pedals, and you can hear the pop. You can hear his nose probably shatter. Listen to this thing. Right now. Oh, you hear that? You hear that? That, that. Oh. And then this is from further back. Same thing that happens. Uh-oh. What happened here? Why did this pause? This is like a, a Zapruder. Oh, this is like stuck loading. Come on. We don't need that in our life. This is like the Zapruder examination. I don't know why it's not. Video has no sound. Why is that doing that? It's really frustrating. Let's reload it. See if it fixes the problem. <laughs> Now he's getting getting ready to leave.
he's had it. I don't blame him at all, man. You hear what Jay says? Someone said you shouldn't get paid then. This is captured on like the grainiest like 2008 video, 2007 video, 2008 video, man. Video, cell phone video from 2008 is primitive as hell. Like, it's amazing to me. It's so amazing that like you can like still see that stuff. Now, here's another one. This is not the first time. And again, so now this would happen from time to time it shows Jay would have to contend with people messing with this stuff. And he would, you know, he, and I guess I, the, the bottom line is I'm kind of on, I'm on his side, man. I really do see it that way. I see it that way. If you are going to, if you're messing with the performer, if you're like, uh, uh, you know, you don't, and you don't know what state of mind they're in. You don't know if they've been assaulted on the stage before. Like you just, you're just, you're just playing with fire. Man, you're playing with fire. Check this out. This is Sailor Jerry footage. This is the song Blood Visions. How freaking fast they're playing, dude. Ferocious. When they were they had an extra guy, it wasn't a three piece. I think it's coming up. Sticks someone right in the face. I thought he kicked me in the... I've seen this video before. 
There it is. <laughs> it's just like if you get into his proximity, if you get into his proximity when he's trying to do his thing, he is gonna kick you. He is gonna all right. This is the this one is uh kind of a controversial one in that you know a lot of people there were a lot of people that were upset about this. Uh you can see it in the in the comments. Um I'm trying to think. Yeah. Dan Burke is a crackhead that should be living in a box with other crackheads at Queen and Bathurst. What a racist loser. Anyone remember why MNR got canceled? This dumbass. All right. This is a. Here's a video of a girl. So Jay would do this thing, I guess, at the end of his set where he would have someone like he would he would put his he people could like get on stage or something something like that um and this girl like dropped his guitar on the ground and he picked her up and he threw her and again i don't i most certainly do not condone any kind of violence towards women but like you know again it's like a a visceral reaction to someone messing with your stuff on stage was Jay in the wrong here? I mean, beyond in the wrong. But again, it's like, you know, she essentially, she destroyed his stuff. Like, she destroyed his stuff. His stuff doesn't work. He can't put on the show. My biggest thing here is it's like, where's the bouncer to inter, inter, uh, to interject to keep that this from happening? Because this never should have happened. He should not have done what he did does in this thing, and she shouldn't have done what she did. One does most certainly does not justify the other at all. Him even touching her is not justified here. But after we watch that last video, you see how he, you know, reacts, reacts in these situations. Ready? Watch this. She has his guitar. See what she does? Look at this. Look, he's doing this weird shimmy dance. She has his guitar. He walks over to her. I don't know if she was supposed to pick up that guitar or not, but look what she does. Boom. Slams the guitar. He picks her up by the waist. And throws her into the crowd. And the guitar doesn't work anymore. gives the finger and walks up. He looks like in another world, like in, in the zone. What a, what that is, that all happens in 38 seconds. What a 38 seconds that is. Look at this. this is at the end of the set. Finger. 
I'm I am hypnotized. Like I want a gif of this. I just want this gif right here. Look, this gif right here. I just like seeing him shimmy. It's so weird. It's so hypnotic to watch him do this. I wish there was like a minute longer of him doing that before this happens. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up. And then how do people respond? This is from 14 years ago. That girl, ha someone says that girl have had it coming. Uh, never throw a musician's gear if they invite you onto a stage. I mean, that is true. I would never say a girl had it coming, though. I, in, you don't lay your hands on women. Bottom line. Doesn't matter. Someone else says, I don't blame him. A flying V probably cost uh, uh, 1K back then. Today, it's like they're like $1,500. These are guys who took Greyhound buses to gigs. It's not like they could. Pete Townsend, their guitars at every show. It doesn't, no matter what, it do, it's, it's not justified. I'm sorry. It sounded like they played Let It All Go from the instrumental part of the song. Jay always closed his set with that song. Right. This is the end of the set. Uh, his sets were usually 20 to 25 minutes tops. He used to put pull people out of the crowd for this part of the song. First time I've seen anyone be that stupid with Jay. He punched a kid in the throat at a show in Canada while playing my shadow broke his pedal. So he killed the set early and left. I mean, that is, that is a sort of a, a reverse telling of what happened, but yeah. Uh, why is Jay always portrayed as a dick? Every outburst of his I've seen has been totally justified. If you're going to run out on stage and fuck with shit, expect to get forcibly fucking removed. Um, Part of me, are you in show business? No, well, then get the tuck off the stage, sleazy P. Martini. Yeah, I mean, it's also incredibly... So the commenters seem to be on his side. Again, I can't take Jay's side in this because, again, you just you don't do that. But at the same time, I can understand the motivation, truly. Yeah, she was an idiot for throwing the guitar on the ground, but wishing harm and humiliation on her forever is a bit too much. I agree with that. That's a good that's a good place to put it. Don't think she was trying to sabotage the show, just maybe felt a bit too rock and roll and not enough common sense. No, well, I I don't think she was trying to sabotage the show, but she clearly had no respect or appreciation or understanding for for Jay's stuff. Um, we could read these comments forever. I'm going to move on to the next bit uh, here. And then here are here is Jay after the fact on his blog. This is Jay um, saying, here's some rock stars losing it on stage. Turns out I'm not the only asshole in rock and roll. And this includes Guns N' Roses, ACDC, Keith Richards, Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age, Akon, Bjork, Henry Rollins, Jay Riotard, Danzig, Kiss, Green Day, Fall Out Boy, Dipset, The Misfits, Tool, Marilyn Manson, Panic at the Disco, Nickelback. It's weird to think that Jay knows The Misfits or is aware of The Misfits. Um, let's see here. There's a link here. Um, how the fuck could you forget about the best one? Let's see what this is. See if it's anything good. Nope. Video is unavailable. Again, this is the tragedy. Broken links, broken friggin' links, man. I mean, it's just so, it's so sad. That's sad.
That's sad to me. So that's another one. Here's another. Here's another. Uh, so here's a link. I never knew. And again, down in the comments below, you can check out the dome shots. They kind of like this meets faith no more. Okay. That sounds interesting. I'm down with that. Um, you can get this. This file is down in the description below because I included it in a Google Drive link. I consolidated. Jay gave away this music for free. I don't know if Jay's blog will be up forever. It seems like the estate keeps it intact. But should these recordings ever fail, they've been all consolidated and taken off of his blog site, and you can get them right in the description of this video. This is Jay doing a cover of In Heaven, Lady in the Radiator song. I don't know if he was influenced by the Pixies because the Pixies cover this song as well. He does a real, I mean, it really is. It's like a J, perfect J cover of this song. It's, it's like, it's heavenly. I highly recommend, um, I highly recommend it. I mean, he did tour with the Pixies like a year later. So I want to imagine that maybe it's because he's, maybe because he's like, you know, down with the Pixies. Someone says, dude, been waiting to see the weirdness live since I heard my shadow on WFMU last year. Got my wish on uh, in Brooklyn on Tuesday night, you guys totally rocked. I was in front row. White rabbits were a lame booze cruise band and spoon proved to be way overrated in the last century. Um, Jay rocked. I'll see you again. And on being an asshole, rock and roll was made for and by assholes. Um, so lady, the lady in the radiator song. So this is another blog post by Jay here. Again, we're just, we're moving through. This is the the final the the final in in uh in in less than two years Jay will be dead and gone forever. He says so. I'm back out from our last tour, drinking a vitamin water. Didn't know this shit had arsenic in it, and eating a candy bar, hanging out with my dog Cola. Really happy to be home, safe and sound, and just really wanted to thank everyone who helped make this an incredibly successful tour. We made, we made some new friends, uh, meet up with tons of old ones and met a few nude enemies as well along the way. But hey, that's how it goes. Shout outs to Chicago, San Francisco, San Diego, and LA for giving us our strongest turnout so far. And well, of course, thanks to anyone and everyone who came out to support us on this tour. And oh, you should check out the Adams. We played with these cats in San Diego and they were great. Off to eat at my favorite Vietnamese restaurant now, Chow Ong. That's cool. That's so cool. The set of Portland was great. Keep doing what you do. I'm keep on hoping that someone's going to post a link to one of these live shows that just is like um, there. I'm not seeing anything. I do see some, some MySpace links though. That's pretty funny. So weird. Oh no. Here's a blog blog archive. Nope. Nope. All right. It's not there. Now I want to step back for a minute. One of my favorite, this is one of my favorite um, shows at the cake shop. And what kills me is I was around, I was in New York at this time, from time to time, I was going to shows. I totally, I totally could have, um, I totally could have seen the show live. I could have been there. I mean, like I said, I was, I, I was constantly going into New York city. I was constantly seeing bands. I just didn't care to see Jay. And I would, would and could have been at the show. 
Neb says you're missing some files Jay had on terminal boredom. You're bugging me to death and such a creep. If you don't have them, I could send them your way. Please send them to me. Please send them to me at fromismail at gmail.com. Okay. You could find that in the description as well. Send me these uh, J files. It's my understanding from someone earlier in the comments. I think it was Johnny who was saying that terminal boredom doesn't exist anymore. So those files are gone. And that's what I mean. That's why I wanted to have them here. Cause I just was like, you know, I mean, listen, they've been, they've been sitting pretty for, you know, over a decade now, decade and a half since Jay's been gone, but it, uh, you know, I'm just, I just want to take them off. So this is the cake shop. I've, I've watched this hundreds of times. I just love it so much. I've watched it here on really great. This to me, this to me is the quintessential live show of Jay. Like this is Jay. And, you know, when I think about, I said that when I think about the quintessential live Jay retard, I think about this, but, you know, even more than that, like, remember what I was talking about before about like death is forming, like the idea we are dying and that we have to get the creativity, the original thoughts and ideas that exist inside of us. If we are creative, if we have the ability, if our brains are wired to channel original creative thought or you know whatever creative energy we have to open them up and pour them out of us as as fast and as long and as hard as possible because one day we will all die and you know i'm almost brought to tears when i watch this show because there are these moments there's this moment during oh oh it's such a shame when jay is just he's just soloing He's soloing and so hard and you just get, you just get the sense of like that feeling of like, of like, I'm just being alive in the moment and free and like in your element and like firing on all cylinders. And like, there's just something so raw and pure and alive about it. I don't know if I, again, this is all, it sounds so stupid when I say it out loud, but in my mind, it like makes a lot of sense. You know, again, like talking about the urgency, of, uh, you know, in the face of death that we're just, we're just moving as fast as we can and doing as much as we can. And that's, that's what I see in this, you know, why did it do that? Oh no, we got hit with an ad. Hold on. Stupid ad. Just a moment. Just a moment. I want to play this for you. Here, I'm going to share this instead. Let's get rid of this ad. Wow. Boy, those ads are annoying, aren't they? Here we go. Almost through. Almost through. Thank God the Pitchfork put this up. I'm so grateful for, for Pitchfork putting this up. Now... 
they're this is what's crazy this set is 21 minutes and 44 seconds long and they play this is all the songs they play one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve songs twelve songs in 21 minutes just ferocious and the one that i really want to play for you is oh it's such a shame oh it's such a shame let's go what i'm talking about at what i was just talking about but he's following. You're going to see it. No bullshit. No frills. We're just here to rock your fucking face off. Right here. Said, Look at him. He's so free, man. Look at him. He's in Nirvana, man. He's in his element, man. Right now. Right here. Right now, right then. Back, back, oh, you know. Substitute, let's go. I mean, there's just something so like there's something so magical about that to me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, so we're going through. We'll continue through these these blog posts. Now, I really wanted to share his Twitter feed, but. I don't know if we're going to get there because so these are lyrics. So here's some lyrics that he posted. My rotten mind giving you, I, is this peering into his mindset? This is, he will be dead in less than he'll, he'll be dead in all, almost a year from now. He'll be dead a, a year and some change a year and two months. Jay will be gone. Um, Wait a minute. I did not know that. It's such a shame as a cover. I did not know that. And now I got to hear Deer Hunter's version. Holy shit. All right. So here's this, here's this poem by Jay or some lyrics. My rotten mind. I see myself high up in the sky. People around me hoping I don't die. I'm just taking a ride on a big balloon. And I promise I will be coming home real soon. I know where I'm going to go and I don't want to be this way surrounded by people that want to watch me fall, but in my mind, I will kill them all seeing enemies dying at my feet, but really I'm just fighting me. 
I know where I'm going to go and I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be, I don't want to be this way. I see myself crawling on the floor time and again. It's such a fucking bore looking for something that I know I won't find ignoring the signs from my rotten mind. I know where I'm going to go and I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, be this way. Oof. Oh my God. Okay, so now John, see, I always thought it was a JJ original. Johnny Bob is saying it's not a cover. And Turn to Stone says, I might have mixed that up. And Nev says, it's on the split with fluorescent gray. Well, I want to see, I want to hear that cover. Anyway, he covered Deer Hunter for a split seven inch and Deer Hunter covered. Oh, it's such a shame. Okay, so there is a, there is a version by Deer Hunter but it's Jay's original song. So there you go. That, that solves it. Um, this is Dickie and Biggie. So tour is going. So he's back on tour now, and this is October 13th, 2008. So tour is going better than ever so far, staying healthy and playing some funny, fun shows. First up was Columbia, Columbia, Missouri played the world famous California raisins, Played with the world-famous California Raisins and another, another local turnout was a bit slim, but everyone there was super rad. Chats, shouts out to the guy from St. Louis, Louis, that brought us the CDs. The next day, we played Chicago at Riot Fest. Gotta say, we tried our best to win over the punks, but failed miserably. Frowny face, but oh well, I skanked backstage to the Boston's while Stephen kicked it for a bit with Dickie. I mean, that's cool, man. That's really cool to play at the Riot Fest. Riot Fest is the Congress Theater. I used to go to the Congress all the time. I used to live in Chicago. I used to go to the Congress all the time. I saw Danzig, saw the Stooges at, at uh, Congress. Great, great, uh, great venue. From there, we loaded up and went on to our second show, which was fun, but I didn't really dig the incubus-sounding band shoved in the middle of the set. Grabbed some Mexican food with the ponies and hit the hay. Today, we did an in-store at Atomic Records, which was really fucking fun. The kids came out uh, where the kids that came out were great. And I think we played the best so far on tour. Steve Stephen bought a notorious B.I.G. action figure from the shop, which is now his most prized possession. We ate some food at the Comet Cafe. And here we all are at the local Super 8. All right. Bedtime, kids. So it's like checking in on these blog posts. It's pretty cool, man. I, I appreciate I mean, listen, we're reading this. How many years later after his death? If he had known that people would be reading this after his death. Oh, here's King Kong in the barbecue show is mentioned. I don't know how else to get in touch with you. Hope this works. I'm in the process of trying to get the King Kong in the barbecue show and Black Lips to India for a tour this January. The people I am working with on that want to release a compilation album in India. And I suggested you ultimately it'd be cool if you could come to India based on what happens this January. Is that something you're into? If you want to meet in Halifax, I'm here right now. Let me know. I'll be at a show. Maybe we can meet earlier. And then he gives uh, an email address. Wow. Um, yeah, man. They're so great. So fucking great. All right. So here's another blog post. This is him with Beck. Beck played Gamma Ray at Club Nokia on November 10th, 2008, accompanied by Jay. He didn't know the lyrics and needed an accompanied piece of paper with lyrics on them. You'd think 
Jay would know the words before coming on. Not impressed with Jay at all. I don't know what song this is. Okay, so this is not written by Jay. Jay just copy and pasted this from the YouTube video, and that's actually the description from this guy, Joe H., who recorded this video. And in the comments, I'm proud of Jay. He's been playing music since 98, and he keeps getting better. That's This is from 14 years ago. Gotta love the note with the lyrics. Haha, <laughs> I love how he's reading off the paper. I assume it's meant as a prop. Um, the people actually forget the chorus every single time. I don't know what song this is I, i'm sorry to say uh i guess it's a song that they both cover or something you're an idiot the guy is trying to look like jack white get over it i don't think so i think you should google jay kook yeah right. All right, I guess this is a cover that Jay likes to perform. I'm not familiar with it, but it sounds really good. I'm moving on for the sake of time. So here is Jay. England's dreaming. So we left Memphis for Dublin over three days ago. By the way, the, this is them. They're, they're November 2008. They're on tour. Um, So we left Memphis for Dublin over three days ago, and I'm just now walking up to Glasgow after my first real sleep in three days. How did we end up here Instrumental instrumentless cold tired and hungry you ask well blame it on delta airlines uh our plane from memphis to atlanta wouldn't start so uh so we were 10 minutes late for our dublin fight so after selling our seats they put us up in a roach motel for the night the next day they sent us to amsterdam then to glasgow where we are told we they have lost my guitars so just wanted to let everyone know that we're trying to beat our best. Sorry. We're trying our best to make this happen. Despite Delta's fuck ups. Hope to see you soon. It's amazing that he like just kept in contact in this way. Again, like everybody does this now. It's easy to do this now, you know, with Instagram and stuff, but like back then it was a little bit, I mean, you had to do a blog you had to follow the blog slightly harder. I mean, it's not that much different in effort, I suppose, but still interesting nonetheless. Okay, so uh, here we have a demo. So again, I mentioned the demos. The demos are all in the com uh, in the comments. I I consolidated everyone that's on this blog. Please download them. I don't think I'm doing it out of turn because I think you know Jay had them up here for free. And that was the beauty of Jay. Like there was this urgency. There was like, there was this urgency uh, as well of like, I'm just going to record this. And as soon as I'm done recording it, I'm going to 
distribute it to anybody who wants to listen to it. And the thing about Jay's like recordings, his four track recordings, his recording technique, like he used a lot of interesting, weird sort of uh, instrumentation. Sometimes he would have like, you know, he would have percussion, but he wouldn't have drums. And he would do, you know, he'd like do some layers of acoustic and electric guitars, maybe, maybe a little bit of piano or variation of a kind of piano, a little bit of like, you know what I mean? Like hand claps and stuff. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so you get a lot of really interesting J uh, recordings that way. And uh, they're just, they're all fantastic to explore and, and, and look at. This is from, this is Santa Tard. Hello, all. Since I don't get presents too often for Christmas, I figured I should at least give some away. So the 100th and 200th emails addressed J Christmas gift to the email address below will receive uh, a holiday grab bag for me, which will include posters, some seven inches, a CD and a handwritten holiday letter. Merry Christmas, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. And then there's jreotardgrabbag at gmail.com. That's the email address. I wonder what happens if you were to do that. I did not know. Wow. I didn't know Jay covered the Dead Boys. What did he, what did he, what song did he cover by the Dead Boys? Says Jay also covered the Dead Boys. Buddy Holly, his later band Lost Sounds covered a rare band called the Crystals Frankenstein Twist. Cool. Great video, Jeff. You're bringing back long forgotten memories. Thank you. I'm glad I could do that, Ben. Thanks for, for watching. Bummer Bitch was Jay's favorite cover to do. He said he really wanted to sing a song where he could tell people to S his D and Freestone had already done that. <laughs> uh, there you go. Oh, is it Down in Flames by, by uh, Dead Boys? Oh, I didn't know. And he covered I Love Living in the City by Fear. Um, that's great. Down in Flames, a great song. It's on Teenage Hate. Down in Flames is the final track on Young Loud and Snotty by the Dead Boys. Although I always recommend to people if you're going to listen to the Dead Boys, Young Loud and Snotty, sneak out the rougher, more grittier, younger, louder, snottier, which has far better, superior sounding versions, punkier, rougher, dirtier, rawer versions of those songs the the ones on young land study they're too polished they're too polished for the studio i can't listen to them i have to listen to younger louder snottier um now this is sad and again I, i'm showing this on this youtube video i hope that this youtube video it, in the event that jay's blog does go down at some point i hope that this youtube video lasts long i hope youtube you know if we, I hope we're not in the time of Rome, the, the decline of Rome. You know what I mean? I hope that YouTube is around for a hundred years. And I hope that, that this blog post lives on in this video a hundred years from now. Uh, otherwise it'll all be lost to time. Right. In this, he says, we must stop this nonsense. Is this really what indie rock is coming to boring watered down mainstream dance pop? watered down and sold as indie rock well here here is to me here is me doing my part to help smash the shit in this coming year dance on monkeys dance on and then sadly you can't see what it is it says live on row from Owen mcleod on vimeo but you can't see it the video does not exist anymore 
because the dude deleted it. So we know what it is, but we can't see it. And then someone says, wow, that shit's terrible. According to Pitchfork, these clouds are responsible for the fourth best album of 2008. This is at the tail end of 2008. So Jay will be dead in a year from now. We can't watch the video because digital shit, digital shit also goes the way of the dodo too. This is the year end list of 2008 and Jay is recommending He's recommending records and he says five. Number five is box box elders hole in my head Four, the clean comp with compilation. Three is cheap time self-titled. I really need to check that out. And I know that name because cheap time, I believe backed no bunny cola freaks. Don't know about him, but I got to check it out. And here he is mentioning one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, who I think obviously took their name Love Visions from Blood Visions, Nobody. Every once in a, this is what he says about, this is what Jay says about Nobody Love Visions. And um, again, it just makes a lot of sense. Blood Visions, Love Visions. And two two records that I love to death, even despite, uh, ugh, even despite all that Nobody represents now. This is what he says about Nobody at the time. Everyone... Every once in a while, a record comes my way that I just can't stop listening to, you know, like an instant classic of sorts. Forget the bunny mask, forget the wig, forget the kind of corny gimmick. Behind all that lies some of the best lo-fi Ramonzi punk slop that I have heard in years. For sure, the best record I own to jump around in your underwear and eat pizza in bed to. And that's exactly how I felt feel whatever i don't know i don't know how i feel about nobody these days but that's how i felt when i heard love visions myself i just it made me want to jump around in my underwear and eat pizza you know i love that record to death talk about 22 minutes of perfection love blood visions is 27 minutes and love visions is 22 minutes and and then a third band would come along and I bet, I don't think Jay, Jay wasn't alive when they recorded this, but I think had Jay heard dark thoughts with their self-titled release, 12 songs in 18 scorching minutes. I think Jay would have, you know, died to have them on tour too bad that they are anti-Semitic pieces of shit. Uh, I don't like them anymore, um, but I don't know that also a bummer. But yeah, that record is so great by Dark Dark Thoughts. Um, so that's his list from 2008. Um, he says, fuck, copy, cut, copy. This is the real enemy. Okay, so I had no idea that Jay had a beef with Marky Ramone. This is so weird. Um, so weird to me. And I'm so glad to hear that, Nev that you have the blog archived and backed up. That makes me happy. So whatever. This is another archival copy, I guess. I don't know. All right. So this is really weird because you do not imagine. I could not imagine for the life of me that, you know, Jay would have a beef with this guy of all people. I don't know why, but this is what, this is what he says about Marky Ramone. Played a show about 11 years back with the Riotards and Marky Ramone at and the Intruders. So Marky, when Marky left the Ramones, he had 
two projects that he did until he formed Marky Ramone's Blitzkrieg, which is his current outfit. Actually, technically three. First, he had a band called Marky Ramone and the Intruders, and then he was doing The Remains, which was a Ramones cover band. That's right. Marky Ramone and Dee Dee Ramone were in a Ramones cover band after the Ramones broke up, and it was called The Remains. Uh, and so they played. So in any case, the Intruders played a show with Jay's first band, and um, Jay was not a fan. This is what Jay says. Boy, did they ever so fucking blow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I would love to see a fight between Marky and Jay. I just would love to see them go back and forth. Boy, did they ever so fucking blow. Uh, Marky got up to sing Blitzkrieg Bop and invited a kid out of the audience to play drums who might have been better than him. Listen, you can you can goof on Marky Ramon. Marky Ramon can be a goofy guy sometimes. But look. Marky Ramone is a fantastic, incredible drummer. His and he's only gotten better with the year as the years gone by, you know. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you can't disrespect his incredible drumming technique, even if it's simple, whatever you want to say. Marky Ramone is a solid, solid drummer. And after the, the remains, he would go on to play with Jerry and Dez in, in Jerry Only's version of the Misfits. Even back then, it really ticked me off that this asshole was exploiting one of America's greatest rock and roll bands ever. Well, now he's got a new band of goons called Marky Ramone's Blitzkrieg. It gives me a give me a fucking break. You didn't even play on the first and that you didn't even play on the first and best record. You old wig headed bastard. At least Tommy plays shitty bluegrass these days. Nothing is sacred, I guess. Come on, man. First of all, the first four Ramones records are immaculate, and that includes uh, that includes Road to Ruin, and Marky does an incredible job. Marky was an incredible drummer for the Ramones. Marky was the glue that held the Ramones together. So while this is funny, and it's funny to think that that Jay had an issue with Marky, I, you know, listen, Marky holding his own against John Lydon, John Rotten, Johnny Rotten during that punk documentary Q&A. We covered that a while back is, you know, worth its weight in gold in and of itself. Um, so that's that's kind of funny. Yes. Turn to stone. I love the sneaky pinks. I'm I, I do. In fact, before before nobody used to cover I Can't Wait. Now that's a band I know a bunch about, nobody. Before I Can't Wait was originally a Sneaky Pink song. And they used to they had a song called I'm Punk, which is the theme song to Pizza Punk, which is a show on this channel. Pizza is the shit. Because pizza is so punk. It's punk, totally taken from I'm punk. And I think there's also Party Till You Puke. They put out a couple of singles, man. I love the Sneaky Pinks. And all of their songs have been collected on uh, digitally by all uh, Ready, Set, Go or Almost Go Records or whatever. The guys who reissued Love Visions a while back, who, who nobody had a real big beef with. He was really pissed at those guys. Did not like the, the box set that they put out either which way. I digress. We're coming. We're coming to the end here. So then shattered records came back the shattered single series. So he had a label. The label went, um, 
Right. Yeah, that's what it was. We're the Punkles. <laughs> Loner with a boner. What a song. Uh, kind of in 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 light of in light of what we found out about Justin. Uh, not that funny, but before that, pretty fucking funny. Um, <clears throat> so Shattered Records came back. And he says, big news. My label is back. Going to be releasing some seven inches on Shattered Records from some great bands. Box Elders, Useless Eaters, who we were talking about before. Jeffrey Novak. Hunks and his punks. So Hunks was another band. That's uh, Seth Bogart. Seth Bogart, who used to go out with Justin Champlin from Nobody. And Justin used to write songs for Hunks that he would play in his band. So uh, you don't like rock and roll by hunks and his punks was written by Justin Champlin. Um, so hunks is on chat, did some stuff on shatter as well. These will be limited to 500 vinyl singles, but will also be available digitally from my site and in the normal places. It's amazing how much vinyl he was putting out when vinyl was just not that popular. I mean, vinyl was starting to have its resurgence, but Man, oh man, it wasn't anything that that it would become, and he was really a proponent of that. So, 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 shattered records came back. Um, this is that okay. This is that interview. I think. Check it out. Uh, someone was saying earlier. Is this it? I think this is the record. I think this is the. Tender age of fifteen. No, this is just like a, a. This is just like a, a thing. This is not a thing. This is cool, but this is not. Um, trying to think what this is. My only chance is between. So here's an example. Now I remember why I have this. Here's an example of like Jay, just realizing, totally realizing, um, that his time was fleeting for him it's interesting he says it's a so it's 11 30 a.m in buenos aires and jay is reminiscing about a nocturnal sightseeing adventure in san paulo two nights before my only chance was between midnight and 6 a.m to see the city so i just walked around said the memphis-based rocker on on the line from his hotel room it was really dark outside though so i didn't get to experience much the middle of the night might seem like the odd choice to play tourist, but when you're uh, Jay and you find yourself playing on three continents in 10 days, you learn to take advantage of free time, even if it's at 3 a.m. So, I mean, the dude, God, three continents in 10 days. The dude lived a full life. That's not true. He, but he lived, he lived a, he lived a full life. He didn't live a long life, but he got to live a full life. I mean, the guy got to do so much. While the whirlwind pace is obviously exhausting, even more so now that the schedule has been amped up to promote his forthcoming album, Watch Me Fall, the 29-year-old swears he wouldn't have it any other way. Here's what he says. This is so grim. This was so, so grim. Uh, yes, I do. I, I am familiar with that about Blood Visions, which is what Blood Visions really is, I guess, supposed to mean too, right? Blood Visions. If you listen to the songs Substitute, uh, Nightmares, you know, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It's all there. Um, here's here's Jay talking about his morale, uh, mortality. He says, I'm very aware of my mortality. 
I'm just trying to do as much as I can while I'm still young and have the energy. Coming from anyone else, this would sound painfully cliched, like something you'd find on a faded bumper sticker. But Jay manages to make it sound compelling, no doubt because his extensive musical resume puts musicians three times his age to shame. A major force in the American underground punk scene since the tender age of 15, the well-spoken musician has played in countless underrated bands, including the Reotards, uh, which is the origin of his unique name, the Lost Sounds, Digital Letter, Leather, that's another one we didn't mention, Digital Leather, who are still around today, and the final solutions. It took the release of 2006's Blood Visions, however, to finally catapult the relatively unknown garage rocker into the limelight, pro prompting punk aficionados and even electro-loving hipsters to embrace the Southern Renegade as their own. A multi-album agreement with the indie heavyweight Matador Records soon followed, and the hard part began. If you've seen the notorious YouTube clip of Jay punching a belligerent fan in the noggin during a 2007 Toronto concert, you know that the fiery rocker likes to deal with challenges uh, head on. It's the straightforward mentality that helped him su successfully navigate the making of Watch Me Fall, the first record he's done as part of a formal label agreement. You have a label that's already paid, uh, paid you to make a record, so you know you have to create something that's going to do two things sell enough copies to pay for itself and artistically excite the people that are going to put it out. He explains, I know I can make records that are going to excite people. I've just never really concerned myself with trying to sell records until now. Uh, Jay can relax. Watch me fall should sell faster than two for one coupons for the Katy Perry peep show drawing upon the quirky sing along pleasures of first wave Kiwi punkers, the clean, the album offers 11 premium tracks that bustle with the same infectious charm as his compilation discs, discs singles 06 and 07 and the Matador singles 08. Jay lets his melodic, a bit, a little off-kilter voice take center stage with catchy, pure pop standouts like Rotten Minds and Hang Them All. For anyone who still thinks of the singer as the snarly young punker who accosted Listeners on his 1998 debut with Teenage Hate, the playful material on Watch Me Fall will put an end to that. Jay will always like will likely always be the poster boy for angst, but he's discovered that sometimes it's more fun to wrap up a blinding rage in a hook-filled little pop song. Jay looked to his personal record collection for inspiration on the new disc. As far as music goes, the sound I was trying to get are based on early 80s New Zealand indie pop stuff and pop rock. Uh, uh, Jay explains, I want to do my own version of that, though. I didn't just want to rip off on that stuff. I'm pretty capable of being a musical monkey, but that's kind of not my goal here. And thank goodness for that. Had Jay remained a cookie-cutter garage disciple like so many useless artists that Pitchfork has pushed on the masses over the years, he certainly wouldn't have attracted the attention of some major alternative icons most musicians can only dream of being asked to do split seven inches with Sonic Youth or cover Be Be uh, Beck's hit single Gamma Ray on a split seven inch. But Jay has managed to do both. You'd expect to see a guy would be dropping these achievements into conversation, but surprisingly, he doesn't feel the need to brag about such milestones. In fact, he reveals as time goes on, it's actually a bit hard to keep track of them all, especially when you're sleep deprived from wandering around foreign cities in the middle of the night. 
It's like noticing small wrinkles in your face, he explains. Most people don't do that. And the next thing you know, you look in the mirror and you're old. That's kind of how stuff goes. Fascinating. Uh, so here we have some behind the scenes from It Ain't Gonna Save Me, which is a fantastic video that was off of Matador Records. If you've never seen this video, I highly recommend that everybody check it out. Um, wait, what? Loner with a boner was a cover from Black Randy. Of all people from Black Randy. That's crazy. I did not know that. There's a lot of covers. There's a cover of Something New by The Yokes, which I actually did my own version of. That's right. I have covered Something New by The Yokes, and I would say the arrangement is somewhere between the No Bunny version and the Yokes version, and I've never released it. Some Someday I will on this channel, um, but that's funny. Puppet Man, Greedy Money, Useless Children. Yes. Greed, Money, Useless Children. Greed. I used to listen to that song every day driving my son to Dave Care. Yep, important to note since Frumis has been sharing his own interpretation of blood visions. Look, I yes, but like I know that I get it. I get that it's not about those things. It's just that that's what the music means to me. I'm I'm just as we understand it is my own interpretation of the music. I I well aware of the relationship with the ex-girlfriend. I did not know, however, that Boner was a Black Randy cover. That is funny. That is so funny. Something pretty unknown about Jay is that when he was younger, just when he made the reotards, he was working at a stained glass factory. Is that where he... So maybe Night of Broken Glass has a double meaning? Hmm. Uh, he got fired, though, because the owner found out he was only 15. Everybody knows what the night of broken glass is. Um, it's uh, Kristallnacht, which is, you know, uh, a Nazi reference of what happened in Germany with the Nazis um, when they broke glass windows of, of Jewish store owners. But I wonder if night of broken glass also has to do with the fact that he worked in a glass factory. It'd be interesting. Uh, yes, I will. Uh, soon I will release it. It's not great. It's, it's very much... Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. No, Night of Broken Glass only has one meeting. Did you see the document, his documentary? I did see his documentary, but I didn't, I don't remember the explanation it, in better than something. I don't remember what the explanation of it was. Um, but I do know what its relation is to the Holocaust. So, uh, if it was when he was dating Alex and she locked him out of the house when he was partying and he had to break a window to get in. Interesting. I love the track. It's a great song. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, it was a night of... <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a weird song. Here's Stephen Pope uh, dressed up as a clown. It's great. Um, it's a great video. I love that plush, that plush monster guy that gets his eyeball like pulled out. Here's an example of just how awesome, I guess, the band was. I mean, how awesome Jay was. Free all ages West Coast record store tour. I mean, who fucking does that? A free, a free this week, the record comes out and we're heading out West to do 10 free shows at indie record stores. I mean, it's great promotion, but it's just like, it's just like, that's crazy. That's, that's freaking crazy. Um, I clipped it. Let me link it. 
you clipped it. How, what do you mean you clipped it? Um, it's fair to share your interpretation. Just Jay's meaning hasn't been touched on until Nev's comment. Good point. Turn to stone. Here is Sean from digital leather explaining it from Jay's documentary. Oh, okay. You have a thing. Uh, check out the first two destruction unit records. Jay and Alicia play on them as well. Okay. I definitely will. Look at this. He did. He Look at this. He had 10 free all, all age shows. How cool is that? I mean, that is so cool to me. I don't know. I think that's really cool. Now, this is a shame. This is this is Jay saying the most this is the most comprehensive story yet on Jay. I don't know if this is Jay. This is somebody posting it because Jay doesn't talk in third person on this blog. The most comprehensive story yet on Jay was just published in the New York Times Sunday Arts and Leisure section, and it's behind a paywall, so I can't read it. But here's an excerpt. Watch Me Fall, Mr. Lindsay's new album came out on Tuesday from Matador Records, expands his influences to include the 80s Kiwi pop of the Flying Nun label from New Zealand, bands like The Clean and Tall Dwarfs. Acoustic guitar features in nearly every song and his nihilistic lyrics, All is Lost, There Is No Hope, goes the la-la-la refrain from Ain't It Gonna Save Me, now waft over wispy coral clouds as well as dissonant feedback pearls. It's pretty well written. I'm becoming more open-minded, Mr. Lindsay said, and allowing myself to absorb, they call him Mr. Lindsay, the New York Times, because they're not going to refer to him by his stage name, uh, and allow myself to absorb different things before I probably wrote, that I probably, before I probably wrote off out of ignorance. Despite his new inspirations, he remains committed to his home recording methods. Although he has graduated to 24 tracks from four, his records uh, still sometimes sound like transmissions i love this i love this so much i love 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 the way that they describe jay's this is the perfect way to describe jay's recording methods right and we see some of this in uh better than something at his house he's talking about recording and stuff this is what he says despite um he says uh his records still sometimes sound like transmissions between tin cans connected by a string. I love that. I love that description. Transmissions between tin cans connected by a string. It's like a Polaroid picture, Mr. Lindsay said of his rough, spontaneous process. I'm just trying to get the idea out before the inspiration is gone. Everything I do is, motiva is motivated by the fear of running out of time. So, I think it's safe to say that Jay had a had a had some he had some tangible or intangible fear of death and it was driving him creatively in every single aspect of his being and what he was doing and it's something that I I don't know in my own you know in my own uh, logical and illogical, reasonable and unreasonable fear of death. I, I just, I see that in, I see that in Jay. I just see it. I can, I just in, in pouring over this archival information about his life, I can see that, you know, I'm not trying to be low fidelity. He added, I'm trying to be handmade. You don't go into a bakery and say that apple pie is handmade. That's a low fi pie. <laughs> He says, he says, I'm not trying to be low fidelity. He added, I'm trying to be handmade. You don't go into a bakery and say, 
you don't go into the bakery and say that apple pie is handmade. That's a lo-fi pie. I love that. I love that. That's a, that's a band name right there. The lo-fi pies, lo-fi pie. I love that. You realize that the crust looks a little rough around the edges. It looks like somebody's grandma made this. It's all of a sudden it's comforting. That is just like the most beautiful poetry um, I've ever seen. I heard that the free record store shows were a label obligation and Jay had mixed feelings about it. Don't quote me on it though. Either way, it's still cool that he did it. I'm glad that he did it. I think it's cool that he did it. Um, all right, we're getting to the end now. So then I couldn't download this. This link was broken. The Shattered Records Tour starts in two weeks. Download the free Shattered Band sampler now. So he couldn't download it, but this was his thing. I love the art. I don't know who did this art. It looks like it might be Seth Bogart inspired from Hunks and his Punks, but you can see Jay. Box Elders, No Bunny, Hunks and His Punks, Digital Leather, Cheap Time, Useless Eaters, Lovers. I mean, it's really cool. Look at the No Bunny tattoo on the side. That's awesome. Uh, it, sounds, it looks like maybe Jay was pulling double duty. Could Jay have been pulling double duty at this point in time? It's 2009. Is he still involved with Digital Leather? I'm sure that at this point, No Bunny is playing guitar for Hunks and His Punks. He hasn't uh, split off from, from doing that yet. Um, this is him talking about playing a lot more shows, including some with the Pixies on their Doolittle tour. That's when the Pixies, they still had Kim Deal in the band and they were doing Doolittle top to bottom. And I had no idea that Jay was on opening that tour. I had already seen the Pixies twice by that point. And it was kind of like, eh, you know, what are they going to do? I, I don't need to see Doolittle in, in its entirety. Like I could have, I just was like, eh, but man, they're play look, they played at Chicago at the Aragon. They played at the Hammerstein with uh in New York City. I could have seen either one of those shows. Damn, 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 damn with the Pixies. I just want to know what Frank Black thinks of the Pixies, man. That would have been so friggin' rad. Um, we're getting down to the last. Here are the last um posts. So now this is Jay. So his band is gone now. Um, Steven and Billy have left and they had, you know, they, there was, there was, there was some bad blood between them. I think there was bad blood between them. Steven went off to go do waves. Billy, I think Billy and um, Billy and Jay did not get along very well. Life has been great since I've been here in our house the last 10 days, working on music all day, walking a half hour to the rehearsal studio, playing with the Cola Freaks all night. With the last band, it was all overplaying. Turn it up, play it fast. But the songs get lost in all the distortions, talking about Steven and Billy. The new band makes the songs, in a way, sound more pure by scaling back and putting more emphasis on the melody and the changes, it sounds exactly like I wanted these songs to sound like live when I wrote them. However, I would argue that th that band, they played those songs just as fucking fast, super fast, like breakneck speed, um, even with Jay on on acoustic guitar. So that's a little weird. He must have been playing for the useless eaters by then. Maybe 
Nev the punk says, I have a picture of Steven and Jay kissing. So it's strange to hear that they hated each other at the same time. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know how, what, it, what, what kind of acrimony was between them, but there was, they were, there was some kind of strain because Steven left. And I know that he had bad ties with Billy. So I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I honestly couldn't tell you. But the new band played just as fast as the old band. Although I think Billy was a better drummer than the than the other guy that, that he had. We added a lot of new songs to the live sets. So this is just an update after personnel change. There's going to be a secret show in Arhas tonight that starts at the 12 country Europe and then then starting a 12 country European tour this week and coming right back for those Pixie shows. Can't wait for those. I love that Jay was down with the Pixies. It explains why he covered Lady in the Radiator song too. I also, which again, if for anybody who's just joining us down in the description, you can get it. Um, that's right. Billy wasn't Billy left waves, but he initially joined waves too. Here's what people say. It was probably because Jay kept uh, abusing them on stage. Yeah, he was, he was like kicking Steven in the nuts, right? And then Steven headbutted him in the face. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you just literally just said what I, yeah, yeah, yes. That's, yes, there's video of this. That's how I know about it. Billy was in waves for like two seconds and he bounced. Steven is still in waves. Jay seemed pretty hard on them and in the perfectionist sense. Um. I also recorded a cover of Chris Knox's first band, The Enemy, a version of Pull Back the Shades for a Chris Knox tribute album. Um, I did it right in the bathroom of my hotel room here, put the computer on the sink, recorded guitar and vocals sitting right on the toilet. Isn't that friggin' beautiful? Like, that's what he did. And we don't have the track. It's probably on Spotify on that tribute. But I love that. I love that that's how he did it. And he just was constantly recording. Again, there's probably hundreds of songs. Hundreds. No, I don't know. I don't know if there's hundreds, but I want to believe that there is. So then they hit the, the UK tour started. And mind you, uh, where are we in? It doesn't give us a date. Okay, this is November 9th, 2009. So he would be dead in two months, two to three months. He would be good, dead. So fucking surreal, dude. So surreal to me. Um, This is Jay sharing. He posted. So people are starting to make videos of his stuff. People are starting to make videos of his stuff on. Here it is. Some of them are unavailable. Every time I look at YouTube, there's cool videos that people made using my songs. Here's some of the best featuring Harry Dean Stanton, Dorothy and Toto, and some freaking cartoon animals. So I love that he loved the tributes to his music. I think it's really great. Um, yes, dude. Yeah, you're right. I can't wait. 18 years is a long, long time. That song... That song, if you look at the lyrics to that song, it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty fucked up. Again, I've had a hard time reconciling it. And then this happened. Um, here it is. We've reached the end for now. 
There's Jay. Jay has died. So this post is not made by Jay. Jimmy Lee Lindsay Jr. died in his sleep on Wednesday morning. He was 29 years old. He is survived by his mother, Devona May, his father, Jimmy Lindsay, and his sisters, Leslie Lindsay, Stephanie Duncan, and Gara May. He'll be missed by music fans all over the world. He did 22 full-length albums and over 100 releases. Jay dedicated his life to music. He played nearly 1,000 shows in over 20 countries around the world. He was incredibly grateful for all the support his fans gave him over the years. Mind you, hold on. So his first release was actually in 1998. So that actually means that he did all of this stuff in 11 years. 22 full-length albums, 100 releases, 1,000 shows in 11 years. It's absolutely astounding. If you knew, played with, or were a fan of Jane's music, please share your thoughts and stories and memories. And then you have 61 comments. I don't have the time to sit here. I would love to go through all of these. I can't. I just can't. There's too many. Um, what we'll do is we'll probably... We'll probably come back and take a look at some of those remembrances. Um, yeah, they're 2K now, and when people destroy them on stage, like I can understand why he's pissed. You can understand his frustration in that regard. And then here's the Shattered. This is the final announcement for the Shattered Club. They basically shut it down, but before they did, they put out some uh some stuff one last time and uh that's yeah man i mean that's really it i really 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 want to go over his twitter feed but i i feel like it's just too much to do so we will reconvene here uh in the future to go over some more jay stuff we'll go over some of those stories and we'll take a look at jay's twitter feed i think that would be cool um, again, like the stream of consciousness mind of Jay, uh, leading up to his death. That would be interesting to look at. So, um, this was, uh, my loving two and a half hour, uh, remembrance tribute, uh, overview of Jay and his music and the wonderful blood visions that, um, he provides <laughs> sorry that sounds stupid um thank you for joining me if you like this channel jay and alicia put out right the nervous patterns that was another one they felt didn't fit on the last sounds catalog they had a lot of stuff excellent show thank you hey thanks johnny thanks for joining us and thank you to everybody who uh contributed information to the show like that i just didn't have like that was really helpful i really appreciate it like I said, we'll come back. We'll take a look at his Twitter. I want to take a look at his Twitter, and I want to take a look at some other stuff. Help yourself to some J music down in the comments, and please leave me your skulls if you have not done already. When this video finishes, leave a skull in the comments. Share this video. Subscribe to the channel. We go live all the time. I appreciate all the people here tonight. Did a great job. I had a lot of fun here. I'm so glad to see people still interested in Jay as much as I do. Yeah. Hell yeah. Check out the uh, mummies video we did. And at some point, I really want to get Mark Sultan on here because I know that he has watched my Mis Misfits videos 
And I just think he'd make a really great pizza punk guest. So hopefully we can get that to happen in the future. So peace, hair grease. Uh, we will see you next time. <laughs>